Hi, I'm Case Ellers. And I'm Mark Jones. And this is the In It Together podcast. No matter what level of experience you have in real estate, navigating the ever-changing real estate market can be tricky. Each week, my co-host Mark and I will bring you valuable tips, tricks, and trade secrets from our favorite industry experts, colleagues, and friends. Sit back and relax because we're about to get started. But most of all, I hope you realize that no matter how complicated the real estate industry can be, you're going to walk away knowing we're in it together. Okay, on today's show, we've got Tristan O'Donnell. Tristan is a powerhouse. Um, She's been in real estate for over 13 years uh, in the Atlanta area, rating number one at her brokerage, Engel and Volkers, in 2022. And she was number 10 in the Atlanta Board of Realtors uh, in top one, top 1.5% nationally as well. So she's been um, doing real estate uh, since, uh, you know, 13 years ago, but she started in real estate in the loan business with her mom in Charl- where she grew up in uh, Charleston, South Carolina. Tristan was always exposed to the real estate industry from a young age, and she Originally started um, in Moria's, but quickly moved to uh, residential real estate after college. So Tristan, welcome to the program. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. And we all have spoken lots of times before, not just about this, but first time actually, I think, officially meeting you all. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Good to to see and talk to you. (laughs) So um, your mom is a sounds like she was a big inspiration for you getting into the business. Tell us a little bit about um, you know kind of your story about how you got into the into the real estate business. Yeah, so I I mean I always say I was kind of born into it. My mom was always in real estate in some form or fashion, whether it was owning properties, and she had us at the age of six cleaning out homes once tenants moved out. Um, she was in the financing side for many years. Um, she was a real estate agent for many years. She sold mobile homes on mobile home lots. So I spent my summers playing in the the model mobile homes and mm-hmm. hanging out um, and taking naps there. So I was always around some sort of housing and real estate business um, from the very beginning. And I grew up in Charleston. I graduated and went to NC State and was working there and in school, and my mom was doing mortgages at the time. So she said, hey, why don't you process my mortgage, my files at the time? And at that time, you're faxing paperwork. You are mm. um, sending FedEx packages to be signed and then FedEx back. So it was like real old school. So I started by just helping her process those files. And then I started doing mortgages myself and processing my own files and her files and picked up some other um, people that were in her office as well. And I did that for a number of years and I really enjoyed just the real estate. I enjoyed the numbers part. I enjoyed that every deal was kind of different. And um, and then just decided to get into the real estate side of it one day. I, I think you just um, triggered my PTSD when you said facts. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it, it did for me. All I could think about was back during the short sale time when you used to have to like write the loan number at the bottom and fax it to the um, loss mitigation department. That's exactly where my mind went when you said <laughs> mm, fax cover sheets. Love them. Yeah. 
<laughs> my mind went back to um, the purchase sale agreements where they would shrink a little bit every time you fax back and forth. So by the time you had to buy an agreement, it was about this big <laughs> on an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper and you couldn't read anything. And it's like, this is our binding contract. <laughs> yeah. We're showing our age, guys. We're showing our we age. We are. It's terrible. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Luckily, you guys are still a little bit younger, and you both look way younger, so that's a good thing. Um, tell us a little bit more about, um, like, your time in Charleston. What was that like? It was great. Growing up, it, I spent it there, and my mom still lives in the same house that we grew up in. I love um, that. And so I spent my days in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, which is just um over from downtown and just I played sports in high school I um you know we spent a lot of time at the beach so I missed that about Atlanta um yeah. but there are a lot of things to love about Atlanta here spent my time crabbing and like catching crabs and someone was like so you just caught them with your hands I'm like no we <laughs> used chicken we used everything nets all of it but right. really enjoyed the water and being in Charleston and then it was just time for college and to start moving towards other things. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's so interesting. But it sounds like you're a lot like me. Like I that's the one thing about Atlanta uh coming from New York and from Florida is I miss the water. Yeah. But so you've you've had so much success in the the past 13 years. Um how many units and what was your volume last year and how do you how did I know it was a lot, so I'm asking you a question that I already know, but how do you manage like having a family and like such a big work life? So last year I did 58 units. I think it was somewhere around 35 or 37 million. And my husband actually made me realize, he was like, so you close more than like one a week, every week, there's 52 weeks in a year. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, and it's a lot. I mean, it is a lot. You don't get there from day one, but it really takes a lot of um, processes and a lot of structure to be able to handle that without going crazy. I mean, there are times where it's more hectic than others. And I do have two small boys that seven and six, and they keep me very busy. But I think it's important, even when you're doing this amount of volume or more, that you make your family a priority, you make yourself a priority. I think um, in the beginning, I was not prioritizing myself and or my family. And I found that I did so much better when I, when I actually did, when I set some sort of boundaries, made time for myself, made time for my family. I think that was really important because then it did create kind of that structure. It's kind of like when your kids are out of school for the summer, everything's just kind of like everywhere happening, but school starts and there's like a structure to it. So I think having a structure, um, a planned processes in place all helped even with having the kids, having a family, having husband, having personal time, like taking vacations, um, that all helped me just keep everything streamlined. At what point in your career did you start realizing that needed to be a priority? Because um, I know a lot of agents, you know, we, this is something I struggled with down in Florida was yeah. I, you know, I had a small team and I just constantly felt like I had to work where I was going to miss something. Um, so at what stage of your career did that occur for you? 
Um, I would say when I probably, if I didn't have kids, I'd probably still be running myself crazy and not taking the personal time, but it was kind of forced on me a little bit. So after they were born, I started to realize like I needed to do something different. I think also realizing that, hey, Chick-fil-A closes on Sunday and the world doesn't end and it's okay to take a day off and nobody's going to not go to Chick-fil-A Monday because they're closed Sunday. Like banks are closed on Saturday and Sunday or at least Sunday and part of Saturday. Like we all still make it knowing that these things have their own personal times for lack of a better word. The bank has its own personal time and employees do. So I think realizing that like everybody deserves some time Everybody deserves to be a person and not just a machine. Um, that that kind of put it all into perspective. One of my mentors told me once when I was new in the business and working 85 hours a week, said like, <laughs> no one is going to die if you take right. time off. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to get to that realization. Good Absolutely. And I I even I was I was playing tennis during like weekdays. And I would just say, hey, if someone called me, I'd say, hey, I'm just about to go into a meeting. I'll call you back in two hours. It's a tennis game and it's part of my own personal life. And it's, you know, it's lunchtime. People take lunch as agents. We don't take lunch. I eat, I've got, this is my lunch today. I have my gummy bears. <laughs> We're running around. So if I don't take a lunch and I spend that lunch hour playing tennis, it's, it's truly nobody's business. Um, I'm still doing the work that I'm doing. And mm -hmm. as long as you are not slacking and leaving people hung high and dry and you keep your promises, like, hey, I'm going to call you back in an hour. You call them back in an hour. They're not going to miss you. It's okay. And again, the world will not end without us answering a call for an hour. Right. Well, it's it's an appointment. And, yeah. you, you know, it's an appointment with yourself. And one of the other things that I learned early on is to put my oxygen mask on first. Mm -hmm. Um so I could take care of others. And uh, my mentor said, you can't um, fill anyone else's cup if yours is empty. Yeah. And I, I've, that's always stuck with me. And um, it's it's a great advice to set that time for yourself and have those meetings and appointments and things that you need to do for yourself so you have a life so you can be more effective. So I, love I started that. to do more when I took more time for myself. And now I'm like, where does that hump in? Like, how much time do I really get before I'm not effective? But right now, <laughs> right, what's I, the <laughs> yeah. law of diminishing returns on that? <laughs> yes. Um, right now, I'm doing it really well. I feel great. I never feel overwhelmed, which also, you know, if you feel overwhelmed, then you treat clients and situations as overwhelming. And I don't feel that. I feel even with doing, you know, 60 transactions or whatever it is, I feel a sense of calm even more than I did when I was doing 20 transactions. I feel like that's one of your superpowers, but what do you think your superpower is? I think my superpower, and I had to think about this, um, is truly being nice. And it's a superpower because everybody isn't doing that these days. It's mm -hmm. easy to be mean. It's quicker and easier. You can hide behind words on social media and when you're typing them in Facebook. And I think um, it, it's really easy to be mean. And I think it takes a lot of effort and a true genuine part of like wanting to be nice to people. But I think just taking down the walls, people see me as a real person. Um, I talk to them as if they are a real person. I listen to what they have to say and their concerns. 
it's not always about me. It's about the client. It's about the house. Um, and so I think listening and really understanding that everyone's got a different personality and being able to say, okay, this person doesn't care what happens. I'm just going to solve it. This person though needs every single detail and I'm going to give them every single detail and not be bothered by all that. Um, but I think ultimately if we could all just be nice and we've, we've all dealt with agents and I was probably that agent when I was 21, 22 doing this. But I think if I could tell newer agents or any agents, this, it's like you, my mom always said, you, what is it? I say sayings wrong all the time. You get more bees with honey as opposed to vinegar. Um, and sometimes even when I'm mad, I feel like, and she always like kill people with kindness. So I actually, if you make me mad, I'm going to be even more nice to you. <laughs> and we all deserve that um, someday. Yeah. Sometimes I that's think the, the best other way part to of feel that, like you've had a win. Yeah. I feel like the other part of that superpower is just being intuitive to people's needs. I mean, this is a huge business and you're doing, you're dealing with people's finances and an investment that is going to be their largest investment. So being intuitive to each and every person has a separate need. I can't say I've met one client that's the same and I don't treat them all the same. I don't treat every listing the same. Everything's just, everything is custom. Mm, I love that. We've got a really, um, the times I've spoken with you, I, I just get this, like you, you're very calm and even keeled. <laughs> and I love that you've got a very calming presence and I'm sure that your clients feel that. Yeah. And that's important when they're going through an emotional roller coaster that you're steady, right? Yeah. There's a lot of other things going on. I mean, truth be told, like I can't get mad about one or two things. Like you got to take a step back and look at the big picture of things. And that's just how I live my life and run my business and realize something's always going to come up. There's going to be bumps. There's going to be obstacles and you can either wallow in them or you can get to solving them quickly and moving on. Love that. That's so important. I mean, I remember when I was new and I remember having two closings in one month and I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And then I think there was one of my best months. I did 12 plus, you know, you're dealing with other clients and new listings. And I was like, I'm going to become an alcoholic at this point because this is like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know, you do, you learn to get to a place where you're just like, okay, like deal with the problem, move on. Because like you said, the quicker you do that, you know, Absolutely. the easier it is for you to, you know, if you're dealing with that challenging transaction, there's going to be two good ones for that one challenging one. Yeah. Um, do you have an overarching philosophy for your business? Hmm, a philosophy. Um, I would say it is more of one of the one of my philosophies is trying to anticipate my clients' needs, their questions. They don't do this every day. I do it every day. So it's easy for us just to like say something and let it roll off. And I think it's important to understand that um everyone doesn't do this every day. And where it seems easy to us, it's not to other people. I, so I try to anticipate what their needs are. I know that when I tell them, here's the list price I suggest, that the next question for them is going to be like, well, why can't I go higher? So instead of having them ask me that question, I'm already prepared to give them that answer. So I think my philosophy is um, kind of like my superpower, which is anticipating clients' needs um, and, and giving them all the information. I'm not here to make decisions for them. I'm here to gain as much knowledge as I can on my experience and my side and podcasts and um, and webinars so that I have as much experience and information to give to my clients and say, here's option A, here's option B. 
I'm just here to present them to you. Like, let's talk about what you think is best. Let's talk through it. That's, that's awesome. What advice do you think experienced agents need to hear right now and someone new getting into the business needs to hear? I think experienced agents should realize we can all still continue to learn. I think that's important. Like, yes, we've been in this a long time. You have an agent that sends you a wrong contract. Again, no need to be mean about it. We've all been new before. So help them out. There's enough business for everyone. It's amazing how many agents I know and that I'm friends with, and we don't have the same business. We don't have the same clients. There's enough for everyone. So I would say to, to experienced agents, don't forget that we all started somewhere hmm. new um, and to help other people out and you know, don't make fun of their inexperience and give them advice and help them along the way. For new agents, I would say it's really important to understand like you're not going to blink one day and now you've gone from one to 20 transactions. This is a long game. I think sometimes people get into it because they expect like, I'm just going to make all this money real quick. But with, I'm going to sound like Confucius, with money comes responsibility. And so you're dealing in large sums of money of people and you, the, you have to make sure that every transaction isn't necessarily about making money. And know that sounds crazy, but I think the, the experienced agents would say that like sometimes it's not about the money. It's about someone's life. It's about their house. It's about their future and their financial freedom that selling a house or buying a house is going to give them. So just don't expect a get rich quick scheme at all. Um, don't expect that this is going to be like a part-time thing. Like I'm just going to show houses here and there. It is a true business. And, and Mark said he, he worked 85 hours a week. I worked 85 hours a week. Like this is not a, you can get in and get rich quick. You've got a, you are your own marketing person in the beginning. You are your own paperwork pusher in the beginning. You are your own driver around everywhere. You're, you're everything. And it, it's a true business. It's running a business. It's having a plan. So I would say agents need to, new agents need to have a plan, stick to it and just be prepared to ride this out. And it'll definitely be um, fruitful and worth it in the, in the end. That's awesome advice. And because you've been doing this for a while, what are you doing differently right now, now that the market has softened a little bit and that, you know, rates are higher and more people are saying, I want to wait. Um, what are you doing differently? I will say it's important that you always do the same things. Like we're going to learn and learn more. But when houses were selling in two minutes and 25 offers, I was still doing the same thing that I am doing now when it takes a little bit longer. And so I didn't just take a listing during COVID because I and I knew the house would sell with cell phone pictures or no pictures at all if I really wanted to. Right. I'm still doing the same thing and I'm maybe doubling down on those things. Mm. I'm doing, um, if not more, marketing, but I never took the chance just because it, if things were selling like hotcakes to, to kind of fall back on that marketing. And not marketing, yeah. Um, so the marketing and the conversations and the amount of depth of conversations that I have with my clients is still very important. And even now a little bit more because you're adding in like, I know you're expecting your house to sell in two days. It's not, let's talk about that. Let's talk about, you know, the fact that where we are in the market now, where things are going to go, let's talk about rates. So just, I would say I'm giving more and more information, but I feel like every year I'm giving more and more information and I'm doing more and more marketing and thinking outside the box, not just, put an FMLS, put it in Georgia MLS, put up a sign. It's like, hey, 
Let's schedule a petting zoo at this farmhouse that I'm selling. Let's have, you know, my kids jumping in a pool to show the value of a pool or just, you want to think outside of just the normal things. Um, so that's what I'm doing right now. I love it. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And thanks for not being thrown off by a surprise. <laughs> <question>. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, we do this because we want to inspire other agents and other people getting into the business or that are thinking about getting into the business. So what's the best piece of advice you've been given that you would want to pass along? I think the best is, you know what? Work hard, play hard. I say it all the time. I put it in my, you know, my Facebook posts when I'm on vacation and, and doing all that. But I really feel like that gives you a good balance mentally. Um, to work hard, not just work, but especially in this business, work hard for your clients um, and then play hard. Take some time, take that time. We've talked about it. Like it's it's so good for your mental. So it sounds really simple, but that's my kind of work hard, play hard, do everything you can when you can and take a breather when you need to. Go a little extra. I tell my clients, I'm like, look, I'm a little extra. I'm sorry. I'm going to suggest we do this and this. But the extra is what kind of gets you to step up. So don't be afraid to, to give. Don't be afraid to give a lot of information. Don't be afraid to talk too much and give lots of information. That's great. There's nothing wrong with being a little extra. <laughs> All <right>. about it. <laughs> Spoken like someone who knows. <laughs> well, Tristan, thanks so much for coming on the show today. If someone wanted to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? So my cell phone, I mean, you could DM me, but I'm not, my cell phone's the best way. You can text, you can call um, 678-683-2849. I'm also on Instagram, tristanodonnell.realtor. So I will see DMs there. I mean, just anyway, you can knock on my door. I'm not going to give out my address here, but uh, <laughs> you, I love pop-ups at my house and people know, like people just come knocking on my door. Like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, great. Come in, let's hang out. So don't do that. But when we become more friends, you guys can do that. Um, but yeah, anyway, cell phone is probably the best. Um, I always have it. Um, if I don't, then it's not long that it takes me to call you back. Same awesome. with my clients. You know that this is the only podcast with real like with realtors on it because they're the only ones who will give out their phone numbers. <laughs> <laughs> like you would never do that on a normal podcast. Right. Well, awesome. If you want me to sell your house and you want to stop by my house, I will give you my address. Knock on the door. <laughs> Remember that thing about going the extra mile? <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, that's all for us today. We hope you enjoyed our segment. Please don't forget to like and rate our podcast because the more people that we engage with, um, you know, the more that we get to um, get listeners as cool as yourself. Um, I'm Kay Sellers. And I'm Mark Jones. And we're in it together. And I'm Tristan. <laughs> and she's Tristan. <laughs>